They say that variety is the spice of life. <clears throat> so it is good from time to time to listen to a funny African accent. And anytime I say that, people say it's not funny, it's authentic. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here and I thank the college authorities for giving SIM the opportunity to be on campus. And you know, when I am on campus and I see students of your age who are preparing for ministry and to get into the world and to impact it, my heart leaps for joy. You are here and hopefully that the Holy Spirit would impact your character give you content and also competence to do God's word. And when we do not also intentionally think about the great commission that God has given us, we sometimes just overlook it. And the great commission is a command. And you know, every command from the Lord is non-negotiable. We cannot talk God out of that command. And so I would want you to come over to interact with me at uh, my stand and see how you can be involved in missions somehow. All of us are called to it. We are either praying for some missionaries or we are sending them or we are the ones who have been sent. And that which really gets me is when I ask the question, how are the people that do not know God live their lives? How are they coping? Those of us who know God, when the going is tough, we know where to unload, we know where to go to present our burdens, but where do they go? Think about that and let that really hit the core of your heart and be out and reaching the world for Christ. For life begins when one comes to know Christ. I do have a number of literature available at the stand. And please stop by. This is about education around the world, the schools that we have. If the Lord is calling you to be a teacher, to impact young lives, please stop by and you see where we are. As I am, as Mr. Dashell has said, we're a big medical mission organization, and this is our medical brochure. It tells you where we have hospitals and clinics around the world. And this one tells you about SIM, who we are. SIM was founded in 1893. And now we have over 4,000 missionaries. And the beautiful thing about SIM is that it is interdenominational and international. And missionaries come from 60 different nationalities. And we are in 70 countries around the world. And this brochure will tell you where we are and what we do. This one talks about internship. If you're here and you're thinking about spending about 15 weeks or 10 weeks somewhere with some missionaries and to work with them to see whether this is 
what God is calling you to do. This is our brochure. Islam is here, an overview of Islam. Islam has become a force to reckon with. And the better we understand them, we can reach them for the Lord. And this helps you. Last but not the least, this is sports. We also use sports, very creative, to meet the needs of young people and to bring them to the Lord. And those of you who really are into sports, especially soccer, this is for you. Well, as we come to the word of the Lord, I would pray that, dear Lord, you would come and do what you alone are capable of doing. Father, may your Holy Spirit himself come to speak that we might hear, and not only be hearers of your word, that we will live here to live your word and to honor you. And thank you for your presence here. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Until the 17th century, light, light was taught to travel instantaneously. It took Galileo to discover otherwise. And so in the mid 1600s he discovered that the speed of light can be measured. And so now we know that the speed of light is 186 thousand miles per second. Can you wrap your mind around that? 186,000 miles per second. That is when it is traveling through vacuum. But the speed slows down when it travels through glass and it slows down to 124,000 miles per second. That blows my mind off. And the sun's light takes a little less than 500 seconds to reach us here on Earth. But it goes further than that. It can also penetrate into the depth of the ocean about 200 and 62 feet. That's amazing. Light. So in our scripture today, Jesus talks about the light that is even more powerful than what I've just talked about. And not to let that light shine is the height of negligence and disobedience. The light that Jesus talks about here, if we do not let that light shine, I say it is the height of negligence and disobedience. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would cause us to be real agents of this light and let it shine. 
So the message title is Reveal the Light of Truth. And our scripture comes from Mark chapter 4, 21 to 25. And this is what Mark writes. And he said, and this is Jesus. Jesus said to them, do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is, is um, concealed is meant to be brought into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. I want us to understand the context, the larger and the immediate context in which Jesus Christ said these words. This is in the context of giving the word of God and also receiving it. And the verses before this from chapter 4, verse 1 to 21, talks about the sower that went out to sow. And when we look at verse 14, it tells us that the seed that was sowing is the word of God. And you remember from your previous uh, messages here, that when this sower went out to sow, he spread the seed and it went onto different grounds. Some fell by, by, by the roadside, by the park. Some fell among thorns. Some rocky places and others good soil. And so when the disciples listened to Jesus Christ, they really didn't understand what he was talking about. You know about that. And so they went to him in private and said, Jesus, can you explain this parable to us? And so as Jesus explained the parable to them, he also took the opportunity to teach them more. And that is where we have this passage. And what Jesus really was teaching at this point after he explained the parable to them was that you know, those who have received or seen the light also have uh, the responsibility and duty to do something about it. And so who are those who have seen the light and what's the light? So the disciples are the ones that have come to know him. And so he was talking to them and therefore us and letting them know the responsibility and duty that they have um, <clears throat> with what to do with the word. And so look at it in that context. It is in the context of giving the word and also of receiving it and what is to be done with it. And it says, do you bring a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into light. 
And so in Jesus' days, the lamp was just a, a clay, a dish that is made up of clay, and oil is put into this dish, and then a wick is put into the oil, and it is lit. And then that gives light to the place. So it is just unthinkable. We, you, you cannot really imagine how someone would light this lamp and then hide it under a bed. It does not make sense. That is what Jesus is talking about. And you see, the light that he's talking about here is not what that lamp, the clay dish that is filled with oil and a wick put in it and it is lit. So the light that he is talking about refers to he himself. Jesus, who is the embodiment of truth. He sends off out his light, and this light gives truth. So the light is the person of Jesus. And we see, as John says in John chapter 3, verse 19, that he is the light that has come into the world. And in his letter, this same writer, John, he says this, he says, this is the message that we have received and we proclaim to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness. So we ask, did Jesus come into the world to light the world with the truth of God or did he come to be hidden? Of course, his purpose was to light this world with his truth and to shine. Because he said, I am the light of the world. And so the truth of God is to be revealed, is to shine in the darkness of this world. And those of us who have received this truth, it is intended for us to let it shine. And later on, Jesus at the end of his ministry here on earth, brought it back to bear on the minds of his disciples that this gospel is to be communicated throughout the world. And that is where we have the great commission. And it brings into very sharp focus this great commission where he says, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go <clears throat> and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end. So there are two things that should really motivate us to send forth this message of light to the world that does not know it. And I've briefly mentioned one of it. You see, people, one reason is that people that do not know Jesus Christ, they live and die without hope. They live in this world without hope and they die without hope. And that should cause us to do something about their situation. They need this hope. Hope to live and hope one day to see God face to face. 
And the other reason is that, you know, friends, we ourselves have come to experience the truth of this word. And this very word has changed us. This light has changed us. And because we have been changed, that should cause us, that should motivate us. It should be the impetus for us to become agents of God change to others. And so those of us who are objects of God's wrath, because of the light, because of God's word, we have been given new identity and position in Christ. We who were to face his wrath, we have been given new identity and position in him. And in many of Paul's letters, he talks about how we have a new identity. And here are a few of them. You see, because we received the word and because the light came into the world, that we have been justified, we are completely forgiven. That is our new position. Justified, completely forgiven. And we are free forever from condemnation. We have been bought with a price. And we are not our own, we belong to God. We have another position in Christ, and it's that we have been made righteous. We who are rebellious and rebels, we have been made righteous before God. And I like this one, because it really also points to that privilege that we have in prayer. James says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Because he has declared us righteous and we walk in his righteousness, he says that our prayers are powerful and effective. Even though sometimes when we don't have the words to say what we want to tell God, he says those feeble words are powerful and effective because we have been declared righteous. I hope you are excited about your new position and identity in Christ. And that should be a motivation to become tools in his hands and agents of his light. He says we are rescued from the dominion of Satan's rule and transferred into the kingdom of God. We are members of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. And another position that I like is this. We are reconciled to God, and we have become ministers of reconciliation. And so what Jesus is teaching here about the light is that having been reconciled, having received this life, we also have that duty and responsibility to become ministers of reconciliation to others. And verse, verses 24 and 25, he says, Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from them. What a worse world commenting on this passage says this. It says, the meaning here is that the more one appropriates the truth, the more one will receive. 
And whoever does not lay hold of the word, even the little spiritual perceptions he has will be taken away from him. Charles Spurgeon commented on this passage too, and he says, the hearer of the gospel will get measure for measure, and the measure shall be his own measure. So, verses 24 and 25 can be paraphrased in this way. Give careful attention to what you hear. For according to the proportion of study given to God's word, a corresponding amount of knowledge will be given to you and generously multiplied to you. So this is the point. It is that God's truth, instead of being hidden, can be understood in the proportion that one gives attention to it and to its study. And so, folks, what do we do with this word, with this light of truth? Well, let me share with you briefly five things that we can do with our word. Here are five things. One, hear it. You know, these days people go to church, but they are not there. They're really not hearing. There are other things that maybe are causing distraction. But we have this light, we have this word, and we have the responsibility some responsibility towards it. Hear it. Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Number two, read it daily. (laughs) You know, the word of God is our spiritual food. And if you have seen the light and you are a child of God, you need to be fed spiritually. I don't know how many of us here have not eaten in the past seven days. Anyone here? Unless you are fasting. But many of us are spiritually starving because maybe in the past several months we have not even read the word of God. So read it daily. Three, study it by yourself or a group of people. I like what is said about the Berean Christians. In Acts 17, we hear that. You see, they were of a more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Because when they received the message, and they did so with eagerness and gladness in their heart, They also examined it. They studied it. And to see whether what Paul has said is true, they did that daily. I pray that we will not only read it, but also give it some time to study and to grow thereby. Another thing we can do with the word of God is to memorize it. Some 
Handwritten 19, verses 9 and 11 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? It is by living according to your word. And it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It is said that after 24 hours, we may be able to remember 5% of what you hear, 15% of what you read, 35% of what you study, 57% of what you see and hear, but 100% of what you memorize. Folks, you are young and you have very good brains. Memorize scripture. You would need them one day. Memorize the word of God. But then the fifth thing that we can do with the word of God is meditate on it. Meditation. Meditate on God's word. That is a prayerful reflection on God's word and its application to life. I hope we would give attention to these disciplines and see what God does. And so when we hear the word of God, we receive it with gladness. The more we give to it, the attention that we pay to it, we would receive back spiritual riches. Here is the universal law. According to these verses. This is the universal law that the man who has will get more. And that the man who has not will lose what he has. So it is simple. If a man is physically fit or a woman is physically fit and he or she keeps himself or herself Fit, then he'll be, he'll be ready for even greater efforts. The body will be ready for even greater efforts. But if he lets himself go flabby, he will lose even the abilities that he has. And again, the illustration is simple. The more a student learns, the more he can learn. And if he refuses to go on learning, he would lose the knowledge that he has. So to put it another way, it is by saying that there is no standing still in life. All the time, we are either going forward or backward. The seeker would always find, but the man who stops seeking will lose even what he has. So as we close, let us go back and reflect on the question that Jesus asked. He says, Do you bring a lamp to put under a bowl? 
or a bed. Think about it. So reveal the light of truth by obeying it and living out God's truth. Our Father, we do thank you for a time that we can come in complete freedom and liberty to gather and to fellowship with one another and also to fellowship with you. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for all of us that we would use your word responsibly. We will engage in disciplines that would let us grow in you so that we can become agents of the light of this truth to the rest of the world. Help us to represent you well. Help us to shine, Lord, in the world of darkness. We do thank you, Father, for this time together and for your word. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.